The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Madrasa on A. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to the program Madrasa on E and welcome back to myself as well. I'm going to be in your company up until Asr this afternoon and of course this is now the time in which you are also going to be grabbing your pens and papers but then for a different purpose which is your program Madrasa on E developing Islam in me. You know my voice by now, Yasmina Peterson here. We do have our guest in studio, our special guest and that's none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. The time now brings me to 10 past 2 and we're going right into our very first segment. You know the drill already to send through your messages in terms of anything in which Sheikh is going to be mentioning. You can ask Sheikh. However, if you are going to be sending through a question that is not of relevance or of, of not we are speaking about it, then this will be carried over to our other programming. But for now, I am going to be greeting Sheikh in studio. Sheikh, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sheikh, how are you doing this afternoon? Alhamdulillah. And how's yourself and Yasmina? Um, alhamdulillah, Sheikh. I am not going to be babbling on too much. I'm going to be handing over straight to Sheikh to continue where Sheikh stopped yesterday in our very first segment being Knowing My Lord. Sheikh, tafaddal. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Wahda was Salatu was Salamu Alamalana Biabad, Rabbish Rahli Sadri, Waysidli Amri, Wahlul Octetam Midlisani of Kaukoli, Allahumma Alimna Bimayam Fauna, Wamfana Bima Alemtena, Wurzukna Idman Yadel Jalali with Ikram, Assalamu Alikum, Warhamatullahi Wabarakatu. Alhamdulillah, all thanks and praise due to Allah Tala, always and forever. May Allah grant us to be of those people worthy of showing thanks and appreciation to Allah and those people who come to realize how fortunate we are that Allah has made us of the Muslim Ummah and that we strive our very, very best to recognize that what is our part of submitting to that from, from Allah Ta'ala. Allahumma ameen. Ameen ya Rabbil Adameen. Then love and salam on our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the last and final messenger, whom Allah had, whom Allah have sent to guide you and me how to be decent, respectable, and revered and honored Muslimin, to be able to become humane, how to become human, perfect human beings, or the best of human beings. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was sent our great messenger, May Allah grant us to be good followers of Him, to be able to show us how to be that best of Muslimin, the best of human beings. And may Allah grant us to follow that path. Love and salam upon Him, His family, His friends, all these Sahaba radiallahu anhum. And may Allah grant us to be amongst Him. Ameen. Ameen. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Alhamdulillah. Um, before we get into our program, Allow us to make our, sal- our du'as, collect uh, our first du'a. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim, bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Laka alhamdu kama yanbaghi li jalali wajhika wa li azima sultanik. La uhsi thanaan alayka anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Falaka alhamdu hatta tarda. Walaka alhamdu idha radita. Walaka alhamdu ba'da rida. Hamdan yuafi ni'mahu wa yukafi'u mazida. Hamdan kathiran tayyiban mubarakan fiyi. Laka alhamdu fi al-ula wal-akhira. Walaka al-hukmu wa ilayka al-muqsir. Subhanak ma'abadnaka haqqa ibadatik. Subhanak ma'adhakarna. 
ashkurnaka haqqa dhikrik subhanaka ma shakarnaka haqqa shukrik subhanaka la uhsi thanaan alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik subhanaka ya rabbal alameen ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا فان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم اجعلنا من الذين يستمعون القول فيتبعون احسنه اللهم ارنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وارنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه ولا تجعله ملتبسا علينا فنضل فنضل يا رب العالمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا أذاب النار وأدخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين اللهم باركنا في رجب وشعبان وبلغنا رمضان برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وأصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله in this segment knowing my lord Yesterday we were busy on the topic of Nabi Musa and Banu Israel and we were dealing with the ayat of Allah in Surah Al-Baqarah. We were busy with Surah surah number 2 verse 61. And that verse Allah was mentioning to us when Allah says, A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim, bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wa idh kultum ya Musa lan nasbira ala ta'ami wahidin fadu lana rabbak. فَدَعُوا لَنَا رَبَّكَ يُخْرِجْ لَنَا مِمَّا تُنْبِتُ الْأَرْضُ مِنْ بَقَلِهَا وَكِثَّائِهَا وَفِي فُومِهَا وَعَدَسِهَا وَبَصَلِهَا قَالَ أَتَسْتَبْلِدُونَ قَالَ أَتَسْتَبْلِدُونَ الَّذِي هُوَ أَدْنَى بِالَّذِي هُوَ خَيْرٌ اهْبِطُوا مِصْرًا فَإِنَّ لَكُمْ مَا سَأَلْتُمْ وَضُرِبَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ الذِّلَّةُ وَالْمَسْكَنَةُ وَبَاءُوا بِغَضَبٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ كَانُوا يَكْفُرُونَ بِآيَاتِ اللَّهِ وَيَقْتُلُونَ النَّبِيِّينَ بِغَيْرِ الْحَقِّ ذَلِكَ بِمَا عَسَوْا وَكَانُوا يَعْتَدُونَ Subhanak la hawlu wa la quwwata illa billah In this verse, we yesterday dealt with, we did not complete the verse, but we started with the verse at least, alhamdulillah. And we, the, the verse is a lengthy verse, and Allah says to us in this verse, and remember when you said, and Allah speaking to the Yahud, to the Banu Israel, speaking them, directly addressing them, saying, and remember when you said, O Musa, we will not have patience, we will not persevere, we will, we will not be able to stand, to endure the process of having to have the same meal, of having the same food every time. Whether that's the best of food and whether it brings us the best of health and the best of strength and the best of whatever we need, we, not, we don't want because we want what we want. We are a people who want what we want and don't you give me what I want. This is what they said to Allah, what Allah said, what they said to Musa. But Allah was the one who sent to them the best of manna was salwa. And this is the type of reaction that these people had. Again, we say, don't think of the Jews as Allah want to tell us what the people of Musa has done, so that you can point your finger and find the reason that you can be a judge judging against others. Nay, no. 
That is not the reason for the revelation of Quran. The reason for it is so that you can listen to what others did, how were they challenged, and how did they respond to those challenges, and what was the result that came out of that. So that you and I may know, we, you and I are also challenged, and in our challenges, how do we respond? If our response it is the same like the good people, then good will be the reward for us. And if our response is like the people who will fight Allah and be disobedient to Allah, then you and I will get the same. We'll get exactly the same. We're many times under the impression that because we're the Ummah of Muhammad, we are not going to be... T- no! Allah shows us, like all the other Ummah, from the time of Nabi Adam, it's going to be absolutely no difference. If you are human, you're either in submission to Allah, into His guidance, or you're in submission to Shaitan. There's no other way. There's only two paths. The path of Allah... And you and I may follow that. Or you and I call ourselves Muslim, but we choose the path of shaitan. Na'udhu billah. May Allah protect But that is it. There's no third path. There's no other. Remember, right at the beginning, when we dealt with this aspect, we told you how shaitan, in the aspect of all the, the segment that's called Knowing My Lord, we told you how Allah showed us what did shaitan do to make a promise to Allah? I'm going to surely Allah is going to corrupt them. I'm going to destroy them. They, the human being, and especially if they try to be obedient people, I'm going to be there to break them down in everything. When they want to be obedient, obedient and they want to fulfill the path, as long as I can get them to oppose you, to go the opposite direction of what your guidance is via the prophets, that is what I'm going to do. So Subhanak, remember the whole life that everybody lives in, you and I, and no matter who we are, we're either following Allah's command, or unfortunately shaitan is taking the upper hand and destroying us, you and me, in the process. May Allah protect all of us, that we don't get destroyed from the uncomfort that shaitan is busy with. Shukran so much for that. We were starting off with a verse, and we said uh, as to the reasons that you and I may be able to look at our type, not that we need to see what the uh, uh, Banu Israel did and how they acted, but it's for us to realize, to see the fault or the weaknesses in, in them and in identifying the weaknesses, to seeing what then the reward would be for them. What would you and I prefer? Would we, you and I prefer to be disobedient? Would you and I prefer to be equal to that? Or through the recognition of the fact that we identify them doing the errors or the faults, that we strive to become better. Precisely that is what Allah is the reason that Allah put these things in place. And may Allah grant us to be a, a people who recognize where we are so that we can move to where we're supposed to be and where Allah wants us to be. Allahumma ameen. May Allah grant us that insight, that knowledge, that exposure to come to realize how fortunate we are just to be of the Ummah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we said the reason why we have in this segment the Anbiya so that we can identify where do we fit in the role of the Anbiya. Are we equal to the Anbiya and the, and, and the people with the Anbiya? 
Are we on the level of the positivities? Or have we fallen prey like the weaknesses of the people with the various ambiya, them falling prey to the uncomforts of shaitan? May Allah protect us that we do not go that way. And in this ayah, we saw how Allah, how the, the, the process of people going out there and speaking disrespectful to their seniors. And when I say speak disrespectful to these seniors, the reference to the way these people address Nabi Musa. He's their Nabi, he's their leader, he's their guide to guide them for the best of this world and the best for the year after. But their arrogance of who they believe and I have and I can and you cannot tell me. This attitude which you and I and we people have today, exactly the same attitude is to be found in their times. And they think their wealth, they think their status, they think their role that they play or whatever position that they have, they think that is going to bring them successes. And you know the attitude that many of us have that we live in today, no, I have got this friend and now then this person and now that person. And like we said, many times we think it's who we know. And Allah wants to tell us if you're knowing anything or anybody other than Allah, there's no there's absolutely no guarantee the guarantee is zero it's zero guarantee that you will get help or that you will be helped you you have a you have a big 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 maybe that's how that's how big it is but that maybe is as i normally say to people it's 50 percent which means it can be yes or it can be absolutely no Either it's within the agreement of what Allah has in Allah's plan, or unfortunately we're using our own style, not realizing it happens only if Allah wants it to happen. Allah opened the path for all of us. And so we see how these people, their arrogance coming forth, the way they deal with Nabi Musa and say to Nabi Musa, you make dua unto Allah and to your Lord, not unto our Lord. When you and I speak, then we speak about our Lord, our Lord, our Nabi. Our. And they spoke to Nabi Musa in the sense of disrespect to him, not in the sense of honor and dignity and giving him praise. And yes, panic. And then they say to, to the Nabi Musa, What is it that we want? Again, here we see how they go to the extent to say we dislike of the good things that there is and we wouldn't mind for what we want, whether it is good or not. We're not asking whether this is good for us or can benefit. That's not what we're looking at. We're looking at what we want. It's a matter of what? Greed. Do you want I? But this is the very same things that you and I are living in today. This is many a times in our character, in we the Muslims' character of the day. We do not think in terms of what has been preserved or what has been pre- given to us or how things has been looked at, what is beneficent to us. No, we want what we want. And then we have a sense of greed or we uh, uh, and, 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 and discarding whether things is good for us or not. Now the billah. This happens unfortunately, it happened through the ages with man and Allah wanted to show us if the other people did handled it in that way, remember you're gonna be getting the same if you handled it in a manner similar to them. 
And so Allah Ta'ala sent them those good things and they said to Allah Ta'ala to tell Nabi, to tell Nabi Musa, you ask your Lord, you beg of your Lord, you make dua to your Lord. And they say to him, and you ask of your Lord to give us of the things that grows in the earth, like the herbs and like the cucumbers and like the wheat and like the garlic and the lentils and the onions. We want these things. And Abi Musa said to them, would you like to exchange that which is good enough, quality enough, choice status with that which is of a inferior status of, or, or not equally good? And, and it is very clear that this is what they referred to. Yes, they uh, don't tell us this is what we want. And, 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 and don't say, say, don't tell us what, what you want to tell us, Musa. We say to you, you ask your Lord for that and that's it. The, that attitude. Again, we see, we see Allah exposing us to see the attitude of these people so that we can understand what's the sense of living life and I have an attitude about things and it's all about me while the world's turning and it's moving on and I'm not considered by what Allah wants in this world I'm not considered but I make a big issue about what I want to Allah it's all about what Allah wants and if I can make my life about what Allah wants Allah will be positivity in my life if I can have this and so Allah has given them and Allah, the, uh, Nabi Musa responds with him and said to him, Go to any city or to any of the cities, to the town, and you shall find what you want there. Subhanallah, meaning what you want. And then Allah shows us in the verse how Allah has then given to them the very fact that they, uh, that they were covered with humiliation and misery simply because... Um, they drew or they called for the wrath of Allah upon themselves. Subhanak. And Allah says, tells us the reason why. So that you and I may be able to reflect. Allah says, that was because they used to disbelieve in the verses of Allah. When Allah commanded them something, then they used to think and interpret it their way and say, yes, but, and yes, and, but what if, and okay, what under the circumstances of. Now, Ask yourself the question, are you ready to want to be Muslim? Do you want to be Muslim in your character? Do you want to be Muslim with the fact that Allah has chosen you to be of this Muslim Ummah? Yes, you were given the name by your mom and your dad. And you and I then became Muslim, me and you. But did we take the, the, the uh, responsibility and say, I want to be Muslim? I really want to be a good slave. I want to be submissive. And I want Allah to grant me the best reward in the year after. Do you have the want for that? Do you want to make your intent, your intention a pure intention? And do you strive to want to live in the, the manner guided by, to us by the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam? Or do you and I still feel yes, but uh, uh, this is how I do it, and this is how we do it, and this is our way. These are the type of things that we see that Allah does not want people who must be the slaves of Allah that they must be able to do things of that nature and then Allah wants the slaves of Allah is going to submit to whatever they hear and immediately going to execute it in the best of their abilities may Allah grant us to be of them and if you're going to be disobedient now the billah 
then Allah shows us in the Quran what is going to be the responses like what the, these people that Nabi Musa has done how have they responded negatively unfortunately so Allah tells us ذَلِكَ بِأَنْهُمْ كَانُوا يَكْفُرُونَ بِآيَاتِ اللَّهِ وَيَقْتُلُونَ الْنَبِيِّينَ بِغَيْرِ الْحَقِّ says, That is because they were disobedient to the, uh, the verses of Allah and they were also a people when Allah has sent them prophets then they have treated the prophets with disrespect to the extent that they've even gone to kill the prophets that they was because that was because they disobeyed and used to transgress the bounds of Allah in being disobedient and they committed crimes and sins. May Allah protect all of us. Now, people, if you don't mind, I want us to understand thus far. We've been sharing with you the understanding what Allah shows to us of the various Anbiya and the various people. And the role of Rububiyyah, the, the role of Uluhiyyah uh, from outside is our commitment, is our dedication, is our Iman, is our Taqwa, is our Tawakkul and our submission to Allah. And readiness that we want to ex- to carry out and do and follow the obedience of Allah to the best of our ability. May Allah grant us to be that. May Allah grant us the imp- to understand the importance of the uluhiyya in Tawheed. The importance of rububiyya in Tawheed is only to come to identify Allah with Allah's qualities. But Allah wants us to understand the qualities that is in of Allah that we need to be able to implement in our life for Allah's sake because we see Him and we honor Him and we dignify Him in the sense of His rububiyyah. The rububiyyah is Allah with and, and Allah alone in that process of the rububiyyah. The uluhiyyah is our response. My and you understanding of the message. My and you implementation of the message. And how do we aim in, in, in the implement? Do we execute it to the best of our ways and to that which Allah and His Rasul expects of us? And if it is in place, subhanak, the reward will be great for us by Allah. And if not, Na'udhu Billah, and that's the verses of Allah. May Allah grant us the understanding that we strive our very best to be righteous Muslimin, to see that we do it our best to be able to reach the greatest levels and grant unto Allah His Rububiyyah and the Uluhiyyah that we have to project. May Allah grant Khair and Barakah. Allah goes into the next verse, Allah says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَالَّذِينَ هَادُوا وَالنَّصَارَى وَالصَّابِئِينَ مَنْ آمَنَ مَنْ آمَنَ مَنْ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَعَمِلَ الصَّالِحَةَ فَلَهُمْ أَجْرُهُمْ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ وَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَهُمْ يَهْزَنُونَ Really, those who believe and those who are Jews and Christians and Sabians Whoever believes in Allah and the last day and does righteous deeds shall have the reward with their Lord Allah. On them shall be no fear, nor shall they grieve. 
as you can see people with no disrespect Allah till then takes verse number 62 to show it to us all this information that I've shared with you and Banu of Banu Israel and Nabi Musa is not about Musa and Banu Israel that's not the issue and not for you and me to be able to pinpoint to them but is to ask you and me the question the introspection what am I supposed to do how am I supposed to react how am I supposed to accept the challenges and what am I supposed to do when the command has been given and what do I expect will be the reward if I react in any of those forms, subhanak. So Allah then says to us, really those peoples who were believers, being they Jews or be they Christians or of any other group of people that Allah has sent. So Allah has sent many people and, 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 and we sent many Anbiya, and, but the believers of them and we believe of them who believes in Allah and the last day and know that they're going to be resurrected and know that there's going to be a day of reward and they do righteous deeds they do good deeds shall have the reward with Allah Ta'ala Allah will reward them and Allah says on, on them shall be no fear nor shall they grieve that they will have no fear yawm al-qiyamah yes we live in a, a state of, 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 of fear and hope in this dunya. But Allah says, Yawm al-Qiyamah, when they stand up, they will have no fear. They will, because they have lived righteousness, they will be seeing certain things that they don't need to have a fear that moment. But they will have excitement and enjoyment of knowing that they're going to be, be pardoned and they be allowed to be into Jannah. Ya Rabb, will you and I not love to be of those people? So Allah is telling us, and Allah is not speaking of the Ummah of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, yeah, Allah is speaking of the people of before. But want to say to the Ummah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you and me, want to say to us that yours is going to be the same. Don't dream yourselves better than anybody, but see if you are prepared to want to live as a Muslim, want to be proud of the fact that you are an ummati of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and you project that in your character, in your mannerism, in the way you deal with things, subhanak, then Allah will grant you that moment, فَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ There will be no fear upon you, يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ You and me. وَلَا هُمْ And we will not grieve that, we won't be in huzn, in grief and uncomfort and worry and pain. May Allah grant khair and barakat all of us and grant us to be able to grow and to develop through that, inshallah. I mean, as promised, we are now coming back with uh, I am a Muslim, what is expected of me? And you can send through your questions or to the WhatsApp number as well as the SMS number. But for now, Sheikh is going to be doing a recap as to where she stopped yesterday, inshallah. So, Sheikh Tafatul. Shukran jazakallah khair for that, Auntie Yasmina. Um, in this segment, yesterday we were busy with uh, the segment of I am a Muslim and what's expected will be busy with the Sunan al-Fitrah the, the natural practices that Allah has put there for a mankind to live by and we've read the ahadith and we've shared with you people certain things that how to go about to see that we fulfill the processes we say to you that there is 
two ahadith. We dealt with the one of Abu Hurairah, and we're just looking at the other one. We said Sayyidatina Aisha radiallahu anha, the wife of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the mother, one of the mothers of the believers, she says, um, that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said is these ten things from the natural practices. I mean of the fitra, there's ten things. And then she mentions the first one, she says, the trimming of the beard and the trimming of the mustache. The trimming of the mustache, number one. Number two, the leaving of the beard to grow. Number three, using the miswak, which we dealt with. Uh, uh, and then the third, she says, by putting water in the nose. When you uh, take wudu, to put water in the nose, to, to, to pull it in, and then to blow it out. Right? And number five, the clipping of the nails, the fingernails and the toenails. Number six, washing the knuckles and finger joints. Number seven, plucking the underarm hairs. Number eight, shaving the pubic hairs. And number nine, using water to clean the private parts after urinating, with reference to uh, istinja, which also we did. And then Musab uh, says, I have forgotten the tenth unless it is rinsing the mouth. It is come to know that one, what, one of the ten things that Nabi says is to be able to rinse the mouth as well. May Allah grant khair and barakah to all of us. So we've looked at what we call the Sunan of the Fitra and we've dealt with all those things. Alhamdulillah, I think we've managed to cover a great amount of the process of the, the fitra for that matter. We've done the issue of the circumcision. We've done the, 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 the how we should be having the, the, the use of the, the miswak. Um, and then we say even the approval of the removal of the gay hairs. And then we ended off yesterday on having to say to us how important our Nabi said it is not to use black for at the process of when you dye the hair. Use other colors, don't black, not black. And this, the permission for black is only given by the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I did not add that portion. Let me say it here. The imp- our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa made it very clear, except for an imam who needs to go on the mimbar and do the, uh, be the khatib to speak to the people, that when he gives his message, he seems to be a vibrant young man. Young man. For him, is, only him is permissible or permitted to, to, to dye himself with black dye on his beard or on his head. The others, our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa made it very clear and he said, at the end of time, there will be a people who will die with black dye, and they therefore will not smell the scent of paradise. Ya Rabb, may Allah protect. Now, people, it, it, all the things that I have thus far shared with you, it's all issues where I want us to realize. These are like what we've said in the previous segment. Processes that you and I could be living, living with in making errors and faults. We, the objective was sharing with us the positive and the negative so that we can identify whether we live within the positive and when we see ourselves stepping to the negative, we can do a back step 
to be able and or to bring us back onto the path of righteousness right that was uh, what I wanted to share with there is a small process there is a small process of the containers and utensils in Islam we in our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam tells us as Muslims now I, I thought I wanted to end this off because it's part of the cleansing processes where the Nabi sallallahu tells us what type of utensils and, and containers are we supposed to eat from or eat with right? and Nabi sallallahu alayhi indicated to us the use of gold and silver it is totally forbidden it's not permissible gold and silver it's not permissible and uh, Hudayfa narrated that the Prophet says do not drink from gold or silver containers sorry for that one do not drink from gold or silver containers and do not wear silk or brocade garments as they are from them as they are for them in the world and for you in the year after meaning it is for it is for the non-Muslim in this world. They may use silk and 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 other, and, 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 and gold and silver, but if for you the Ummah of Islam, for you the believers, for you those who wants to be righteous Muslims, for you it's going to be in the hereafter. And don't make an issue about it, but don't try to be able to waste our efforts by having to see that we live with those things. In another hadith. Um Salama related one of the wives of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam one of the, 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 uh, the mothers of the believers may Allah grant us to be among them she said the one who drinks from a silver container only goggles into his stomach the fire of Jahannam this is a hadith of our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam she said that the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that and this hadith is recorded in Bukhari and Muslim However, there is another relation that states the one who eats or drinks from the silver or gold containers only goggles or puts in the stomach the fire of Jahannam. May Allah protect all of us and grant us khair and barakah and that we do not live with this, these things as that process. Allahumma ameen. Ameen. Ya Rabbal Alameen. Ameen. We were speaking about the silver and the gold containers in which we are not supposed to eat or drink out. Now, Sheikh, here is a question that came through with regards to that. It says, Sheikh, with regards to understanding the fact that we are not supposed to drink out of the silver and the gold, however, what about our utensils that we use to eat with being this, the, the forks as well as um, the teaspoons and the tablespoons which represents the color of the silver? Uh, shukran for that one, Yasmina. Um, I think it's, it's a healthy question. Um, the, the reference in the hadith is a reference to not the color, but the, 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 the gold, true gold and true silver. Right? So, like for instance, stainless steel has the color of gold, but it's also the color, the color of, silver. Of, of silver. But it, and, and added to that, it's, it's, it's when you think of iron, pure iron, Anything in that format color, as long as it is not meant to be silver or real silver, then it's permissible. Uh, but silver itself or gold in itself is not recommended for us to eat from. Now, there's uh, uh, an added addition to that. I would want to suggest 
where um, the recommendation is not to want to have silver for the sake of silver. Um, you could have stainless steel and, and, and you can have all these other things, but it's not to be able to look at silver or as gold, like for instance, you would find it's not through gold, but there's a gold coating around a glass. Now, if, if that means that I, it makes me feel better or that I'm eating from something more, then that is not recommended for us to have in, in our eating and drinking approaches, right? Um, but that we try to stick to steer away from the use of gold and the use of silver. Shukran so much for that. There she's steering away from that topic. As I see, Wassalam Sheikh is shaving the eyebrows into shape regarded in the same way as plucking it. And can women wear eyeliner in public? As for the, 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 the eyebrows or any portion of the body that Allah's created to us in a certain way and we want it different, whether it's by plucking or or whether it's by shaving it, is exactly the same in Sharia, right? Because you are showing a disapproval of what comes from Allah. You're not happy, you feel it must be your way, not the way Allah wanted or gave it to you. Now, Allah has made each and every one of us absolutely beautiful. Now, beauty is not what you think you want. Out. Beauty is what Allah has created you Unless you can find anywhere in this universe That something is not right And you have the right to judge with your narrow perception Sorry, I mean what I say Yes, that you judge with your narrow perception The fact that that which Allah has given Whilst Allah makes a statement and He says You look into the whole universe and you try to find one fault Just one and look ten times or a million times and try to see whether you find a fault. So why do you need to be able to bring change if Allah's created you and me in a certain way? If Don't do it if it's something that must be done because it must be done or under circumstances calls for you to have it done. Then that is different from the side of you approving of something that comes from Allah Ta'ala. So the... The, 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 the trimming of the, 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 the eyebrows by shaving it or plucking it is exactly in Sharia the same because it's your form of approval to what Allah has given to you. And then the, the second part of the question. The second part of the question, Sheikh, is also can a woman wear eyeliner in public? And this is probably referring to the makeup that Sheikh mentioned. Allahu in, the week. in a hadith, our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, if a woman has makeup on in public and with permission of her father or her husband or her brother or a son, then that person who was given her permission to do so will be cursed by Allah, by the malaika, even the air that that person breathes curses him. If that lady is doing those things, Wearing the eyeliner and wearing the 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 the, 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 the cosmetics in public by her own self without permission of those people who's in charge, such as her father, or a husband, or a son, or a brother, which needs to be able to take care of them, and they don't know, then the curses of Allah is being direct on the person, on that person, 
with the curses of the Malaika, with the curses of everything in Allah's creation. Na'udhu Billah. May Allah protect us and our families. And we come to realize, our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to his daughter Fatima radiallahu anha, that he would not want to see that she wears gold, even though gold is permissible. And he said to her, my dear, if you're going to have a trouble of this world, you're going to miss it out in the year after. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Now, I'm, I'm sharing that with us because I want us to understand that if we come to realize that Allah has given me certain qualities um, and you take norm and general things and common things to be able to purify yourself for your partner as a woman, then that is absolutely permissible. Um, no, no product from the eyeliner and, 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 and the makeup. These things are all permissible between the husband and the wife. And for that matter, if uh, um, uh, uh, you feel that you want to do it as a woman, you're not married yet, but you're a long, young lady, but in the house is only uh, um, your brothers and sisters and, and, and your mom and your dad, um, there's no foreigners around there, then that is absolutely permissible where you feel you want to make, make yourself a little bit beautiful in front of everybody and everybody having a chat and a laugh at you. That's quite permissible. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. But the process of thinking that I can do that in public, there's no space for that in the sight of Islam. May Allah protect all of us and grant us insight. Khair and barakah in our dunya and in our akhirah, inshallah. I mean, we are still in second segment, that is, I am a Muslim, what is expected of me? And Sheikh, before I hand over to continue, there is a few questions that came through, and inshallah, we're hoping to complete those questions before we head over to our, our other topics and our other programming. However, Sheikh, the question reads as follows, Sheikh, are we allowed to mix, for example, a majority of brown color with a tinge of black in order to strengthen the brown color? This is now probably the dying of the hair. Um, yes, if that is the reference to dyeing of the hair, then it is quite permissible to add black to the uh, to the to the to the dye that it changes the color to make it a darker color. That's quite permissible. Our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has told us that the use of henna or the other one, a, a darker process. It's quite permissible, but as long as it is not the making of black hair, completely black, it's not permissible, says the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sheikh Shukran so much for that. And then another question is, Salam Sheikh, is the opinion of false, what is the opinion of false eyelashes? What is the opinion of false eyelashes? Mm. Um, it's, it's it's exactly the opinion of false hair. And false hair is haram. Definitely so. They, they have the, the opinion there by Sheikh as plain and simple as it is. Moving on to the other question, Sheikh. What type of material hmm. must I buy for my wife as a wedding ring? For my wife as a wedding ring? Yes. What type of material? If we speak with the type of material with reference in gold and silver and these things, um, whatever you can, whatever you can afford to buy as a gift, gold and silver when it comes to women is nothing wrong. You're buying it and 
for that person. It's not something that you're going to use for yourself as a male. Gold is not permissible at all for the use of males as things. Totally haram in Islam. Gold in any aspect of gold in rings or gold in bangles or gold in watches or gold in anything that you wear as, 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 as uh, adding to your body even as earrings or things of that nature, you know, the number one earrings is for women, it's not for men. It's not permissible for men to wear things of nature, but gold is not the use for men at all. Perfect. Sheikh, another question says, Assalam, if a lady is in niqab, is she allowed to wear lipstick even though no one will see it but for herself? Shukran. According to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the use of any form of beautification to the face or the body that is exposed, that people can see, and you do it for the attention to get their attention, that unfortunately is what is the ruling against Islam, that is some the curses of Allah on the husband or the father permitting that. Other than that, the curses of Allah on that person, if he or she does it in public, being exposed to everybody who is able to see the, the... Just a bit strange to know that a woman wears lipstick and uh, she covers it with her... Uh, uh, so why didn't you buy lipstick? Because then you buy unnecessary things. Because you don't need it. The lipstick, unless you buy lipstick to be able to have it ready for when you, you open up and your husband is around you, then, then nothing is wrong. Right? But now you have lipstick and uh, 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 you put it on, but uh, uh, nobody's going to see it. Does that, does that make sense? I, I, I hope I've, I've, I've brought the time to this understand why I'm saying the way I'm saying it. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. There is no further questions anymore. However, you can still send through your questions through to the WhatsApp number on 072-238-0712. For now, I'm going to be handing over to Sheikh to continue as to where Sheikh stopped in our second part of the program being, I am a Muslim. What is expected of me? Sheikh Tafato. Barakallahu fikum. Yasmina, I think personally, for what we've covered thus far, uh, that Alhamdulillah we've extended a very good portion there is one slight portion that we haven't dealt with because remember we are supposed to go over to the aspect of Salah in application now because we've covered everything of the prerequisites this one aspect and that as aspect is the aspect of Khaid and Nifas mm-hmm. and how does that affect our the ibadah. Now obviously here Khaid in Nifas is something that belongs to the female gender only. It doesn't belong to the male gender. Because it deals with certain things, that which makes a woman, a, a young lady, the process of showing that she is Balir, she's Mukallaf, she is responsible now in Islam, she now has meets up with the situation of menses, right? They call it menstruation. And that is called Khaid, and the, that is this bleeding process of the Khaid, right? The, the, the body gives off blood that comes out of the, 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 the private parts of the woman or the female. Um, it's known. What is important here that we need to understand, this, some scholars say, what is the, the biggest total, the highest total, or 
what is the most and some says no it doesn't have a maximum or minimum and when they say it it, it, it has the maximum when they say there is a maximum and a minimum then they refer to it is a natural process and an actual fact it is customary to the person meaning it's through the custom and the norms that happens with a person running over a period of time meaning it is something that def- goes for for some people between four to six days for some people between five to seven days for some people between seven to eight days and so it differs from, but that is it um, the, uh, and, and it can, can be whatever that is the one group who says there is no uh, specific total to what is the, the, the least and uh, they say that when it goes over that then it's not hide no more then it becomes istihada right? I think we've mentioned the word istihada before so we will be touching this process of istihada again but we'd be dealing with istihad in nifas for now right? Um, the other group of people who says that there is a shortest they say what they mean by, by, by a minimum is the, there is times when there are certain people whom Allah has granted this opportunity, their total is minimal only. And some of them was people like the daughter of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Khayyid was for a once of, what would say one day, not necessarily a full day. It happens with her, the Khayyid, and it just happens where the blood oozes out for one moment and and, and it stops, that, that is the end she can thereafter immediately take a shower. So she happened to have found her life to be able to be of a person where she can go and relieve herself or wash herself immediately and then see that she makes salah in every waqt. Allahu Akbar. This is what said in Fatima, there's must probably some other woman in this dunya that Allah has granted the same. But that is the, according to these scholars, the minimal period. And then there's others who says that there is a maximum period, meaning it, that is the furthest it can go, and that is that nobody will get a khayy that goes further than 15 days. So 15 days is the most. But at the same time, it's a necessity for the person to observe that which comes out of the body, is it hayd or not. So if I have a normal cycle of four to five days then the moment it goes further than that I need to take note is it still hide or is it getting further because the normal can extend a little bit but if we find that the norm has been X but it goes now plus something else we need to check at that plus date is it hide and we said hide is something that has a smell which the woman knows herself the woman, the, the ladies, they know it by themselves what the smell is and they can identify when it's, the smell is right and it has a certain color that tells us it is Haid or Nifas, right? So Haid and Nifas has a specific color and a certain specific smell. If it, is, it doesn't have that smell, and, but the water, uh, there's still blood coming out, then that we call that Istihada, right? Going outside the Haid processes. Um, so yes, you could probably have istihada already 
if, you, if your normal cycle is four to five days, then most probably on the sixth day or on the fifth day already, you could see that this is istihad or this is not hayd. So the person needs to take heed of whether it's hayd or not. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. We are now at third part of the program that is, of course, leadership in Islam is progression. However, there is still a question that came through in our second part of the program, which was, I am a Muslim, what is expected of me? And here we are going to be trying our best to handle and attack this question that came through. Sheikh, here is a question stating, what is nifas? Okay. Alhamdulillah, Shukan, I think uh, sometimes I use terminologies that is not always on the level of all the people. But it's a common term used by many people. It's like the word hayd as in a, a, a term that everybody knows and that's why they use it. But similarly, hayd is also a common term, nifas is also a common term, but it's common for those people who knows it. Do you understand what I'm trying to say here? But so if we do not know it, may Allah be pardoned pardon us for our weaknesses and our shortcomings. And it's my duty to be able to expose us to those things. Nifas is when a woman bleeds after having had a baby. If a, a woman had a baby, then this bleeding that comes off like the haid. And during the period of her pregnancy, she did not have hayd because hayd then the, the 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 blood is stored in the body and the blood is used for the body and for for, for the developing of the new uh, uh, fetus that's in the body that becomes a baby thereafter. Alhamdulillah, um, that 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 bleeding after the birth. When the birth is done, then there's bleeding with the birth. That bleeding is called nifas, and that has a period that could run for a certain time. Now, the nifas, uh, uh, the nifas, the scholars says, would would has a short, the, the shortest time. Some people also have nifas for a very very short time. Now, you could like the hayd, nifas could also happen that it happens after the birth, that for a short period of time a few days only or a day only the day is the shortest like the Hayd but most of the women have a, sh a normal period of 40 days that is nifas some scholars indicate to us a nifas could run up to 60 days max but it's imperative that the woman looks at her body and actually check the nifas processes very much like the hayd or the istihada where we say the woman needs to make sure that this is normal that it's not normal blood it is a darkish blood and it has a smell to it and then that constitute what we say is the nifas right so the nifas would be considered nifas when it is darkish or when it is, when it is, when it has a smell to it. So, if for that matter, normal blood comes from the woman after the birth, she had she had birth and she had a nifas, and it ran for X amount of days, and thereafter she sees, but the blood is now very clean. It's just clean blood that comes through from me. Then that is not considered hayd no more. Then that is like. I mean, that's considered not nifas no more. That is like the istihada. And she needs to then see that in, because like the hayd, when the hayd is finished, the woman needs to wash herself. 
right? Um, similar happens with uh, with nifas. The moment the nifas has come to an end, she washes herself, and then she is free in the usage from that moment on with her partner. They they can be free with one another. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. That constitute the issue of understanding what we would call the nifas, or uh, and and add to add the understanding between the haid, the, the nifas, and the istihada that probably can happen with a woman. Excellent, Deshik. Now that then concludes the end of our very second part of the program, being I am a Muslim, what is expected of me. And in this time slot, we are now going to be allowing Sheikh to continue as to leadership in Islam and its progression. Sheikh Tafato. Shukran jazakrahid for that one, Auntie Yasmina. As for the portion of leadership in Islam and its progression, alhamdulillah, we've been speaking to our people yesterday and we've been reminding ourselves in this process of leadership, part of that leadership is to know that you and I need to see that we need to develop leaders. And leaders is the rest of everybody else in our family. As leadership is a necessity, we don't, uh, and when we say we prepare leaders, we don't mean we choose and select ones to become leaders. Nay, leadership is a necessity on each and every child, every adult, every youngster, every male, and every female. It's a necessity given to us by our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And in that process of that necessity of understanding leadership to the extent that it goes, we need to realize that there are certain things that need to be in place. And the scholars, we say, has the issue of tarbiyah to see that that tarbiyah is the preparation in how I prepare and how I develop and how I nurture and how I assist and how do I guide and direct those young people to become leaders in Islam in the future. May Allah grant us to be of those, inshallah, who does. And we said initially it is a fart. We said it is a knowledge that needs to be a skill or a science that needs to be researched or studied. We see, see this sense of having excessive amount of perseverance and patience. And we went yesterday to the process of understanding the extent of dearly depending and relying and we showed us how all the ambiya to what extent have they gone to show total trust and dependence and reliance on the fact that they cannot just expect their children to be righteous or good they need to do their best and depend on Allah and the two goes hand in hand to be able to find successes in developing or bringing about what we call leadership in man. Amongst others, various ayat that I've shared with you, I want to share with us a hadith that's common. The one common hadith is the one that we all know that says to us, Kullukum ra'in wa kullukum mas'oolun an ra'iyyati. Each and every one of you are a leader, and each and every one of you, says the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is, will be kept responsible for that leadership that you should have developed in your the offspring. And this the hadith that I'm mentioning now, our Nabi says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, فَالْإِمَامُ رَاعٍ وَهُوَ مَسْؤُولٌ أَنْ رَعِيَّتِ And so when somebody is elected or selected to be an imam, then he is your leader. 
you choose an imam, he's not only making salah for you, he is your leader in your community. The whole community must understand their concerns, their worries, their guidance, the issues must be related through him. And he must be able to give guidance. He must make decisions for us. And he must, he is the leader, says the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi And in his job description as an imam, to see to that role of leadership and the committees and communities must be able to understand they are not the leaders. They don't have the capacity to lead and they must submit to the law of Allah and his Rasul that they imam through the command of Allah is the leader in the community and he is the one that needs to give the guidance and they all of them no matter their status whether they are the chairpersons or chair ladies or chair who or the upper chair or the lower chair what type of chairs they are on makes no sense their leaders is the imam and their chair positions are got nope the relatives relationship to the status of the imam it is superior it comes from allah and his rasul and each and every one of us no matter that he positions that they hold must be in total submission to the leader if they are true muslim may allah grant us all to become muslim the nabi sallallahu alayhi says in this hadith fal imam so the imam is your leader and he is going to be the one that's going to be kept responsible for his responsibilities. And the Nabi sallallahu carries on and he says, وَالرَّجْلُ فِي أَهْلِهِ رَائِن وَهُوَ مَسْؤُولٌ أَنْ And so the male is, says the Nabi sallallahu the male person, the man, in, when it comes to his family, he is the leader. And he will be kept responsible for the leadership. For his role that he needs to play and for his responsibility, Allah can keep him responsible. And then the Nabi carries on, on to the next level and he says, وَالْمَرْأَةُ فِي بَيْتِ زَوْجِهَا رَاعِيَةُ وَهِيَ مَسْؤُولَةٌ عَنْ رَأِيَّتِهَا And so the woman is, she is responsible, she is a leader in the house of her husband and she will be kept responsible by Allah Ta'ala. Allah is going to keep her responsible for her positions that she holds. And then Nabi says in the next portion, he says, And the person, if he works for his father, he is only, he's been kept responsible to be the leader in his father's wealth. And he will be kept responsible by Allah for the fact that, but it, as a reference to the fact that if somebody is working somewhere, wherever you're working in your position of your work, you are a leader and you need to be able to understand that your leadership, whether you're working for your father, you're working for somebody else, you're going to be kept responsible by Allah for the position given to you as leader. And then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa ends off by saying, فَكُلُّكُمْ رَائِنْ So each and every one of you are leaders. وَكُلُّكُمْ مَسْؤُولٌ أَنْ رَأِيَّتِهِ And leadership as a quality is a necessity in this religion. And each and every one must remember it has the sense of responsibility and accountability to the process of leadership. May Allah grant us the understanding, allow us to develop within leadership that we can get to that levels. 
part of ourselves and part of the norms within our life. I would like to end off or add here in the processes by saying to us, and so the scholars makes an issue by saying to us, we've said to you the various things that needs to be in place of, 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 of these ayat. They said that a person must be able to, the first responsibility in leadership when you nurture and you want to develop to be able to help to, have, to see that you nurture and assist a young person the first responsibility of that is to be able to realize that you need to not get married and grab anything anybody as a partner but you must be able to select a partner that the word selection needs to become highlighted that marriage does not call for taking a person or getting married to somebody but to be very very stern in selecting selection and that you and I need to select a partner and with selection it means there must be criteria conditions processes must be in place and so the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa so showed us in selection of a partner as my partner as a female she needs to be a person if she has wealth and she has beauty and she comes with status then I would still select the fact that she has got her deen and she believe is right so those are the four things that you probably can select from when it comes to a female but of necessity says the Nabi a person who in actual fact has selected the status of belief of this woman a intense belief in Allah then the Nabi says his, hide, his hands will not be tied behind his back he will then be able to be free because he have chosen and she is not going to make things uncomfortable for him Ya Rabbi but similarly the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam showed us when a female needs to be able to have a partner for her then what is it that she needs to look for or what is it her parents need to look for we mentioned the hadith yesterday where the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam comes and says to us إِذَا أَتَاكُمْ مَنْ تَرْدَوْنَ if somebody comes to your door and he has these two good qualities now there can be many more qualities that he has but if these two qualities is positive then marry him off to your part to your daughters the Nabi says Illa, if you do not do that takun fitna fitna will happen in this dunya uh, this world will be will be tested with calamities and comforts that will happen in our societies O fasadun kabir, O fasad will spread in this world. Ya Rabbi, may Allah to protect. This is what the words of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He did not wish for us to have fitna. He did not wish to, for us to have fasad. But he says it will become a norm and a natural thing that it will be fit and different tests and tribulations that will come that new things. And there will be various, the fasad will spread. Says the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa simply because you choose all the others but these two qualities which I have given to you which I've guided you to which I've said to you will be best for your daughters you've chosen something else for them may Allah protect for all of us so the issue of selection
is both for the fame, the male and the female. I'm repeating that the person you want your child to get married to, if your child is a male and you want your child to get married to a female, then part of the selection that you as the, the guide must be for your son to guide him to choosing a girl with good belief and solid yaqeen. Because if a woman has got that, then yes, alhamdulillah, if her tawakkul is on Allah, if her yaqeen is with Allah, if her, if her iman is strong, and if she is a true believer in Allah, and she strives to be able to be obedient to what Allah and His Rasul said, then that would be the best for you and for her, for her and for, for you and for her and for the children that will come from you. Subhanallah. So. Uh, the, the, the importance for a man is in need of a righteous wife. A wife that has got qualities of deen, that loves Allah, that puts her Allah first before everything. And Allah is first, second, third, fourth, fifth, millionth, hundred thousand, billionth. And it's nothing after that. And Allah lasts. It's Allah first and Allah lasts. Subhanak, if the woman is of this quality and she's totally submitted to want to live the message of Allah in the Holy Quran and die with that and see that she carries out the, that to the best of her ability in fulfilling the tariqah of the advice and guidance of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam Allahu Akbar what better can we have a person to nurture a generation to come Allahu Akbar but our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says also, for that female daughter of yours, if somebody comes knock at your door and this person has got the qualities of his, his, the characteristics in him or the criteria within him is that he's got good character. His character stands out. You see his character, uh, very good, very, very positive character. And secondly, after his positive character, his belief and his religion, his iman and tawakkul and yaqeen and submission to Allah and his Rasul is then subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, you've done, done your very best, you've chosen for your partners what is best. Now allow me to end off on this section, the area of importance where the scholar says, if somebody ever wants to become a natural, Somebody wants to be an, a person who assists and helps and supports others to become leaders. Somebody who wants to help others, who needs to develop, who needs to nurture, who needs to improve or qualify or bring the changes needed for, then that person must be ready to bring change on himself. If you're not prepared to bring change on yourself, don't dream that you can ever be a good leader and your creation of what you will be creating, with, they will not be good leaders by themselves. So the most of the important aspects, the scholar says, very, very important in bringing about change into society that we can be able to have leadership of Islam within this Islam of ourselves, then by necessity we need to look at how much am I prepared to be able to bring change within myself. And if I am not prepared to bring change within myself, those who I am nurturing, those who I rear, those who I assist, does not become real leaders. May Allah protect all of us. Ya Rabb, shukran, jazakallah khair.
Ladies and gentlemen, alhamdulillah, we've come to the end of our program for today. Yes, there's a few more minutes left before the waqt for, for, for Asr. But before we go there, I, I, I would want to say to you, shukran, jazakallah khair. I have been given some time ago, three months ago, we've been given the right to be able to come into your homes with madrasa on air. And we said to you, inshallah, we hope that it will be a process that you will find interesting and you will be able to grow with and develop. Its objective is that we can take this matter further. I want to say thank you to all of you. We've reached today to the first, the end of the first three months. The program will be carrying on after this, but this is how far I go with you. And I want to say shukran jazakumullah. For granting me the opportunity to enter into your homes, to interact with you and to share with you. And if I've said anything that's positive, Alhamdulillah, that is from Allah and His Rasul that Allah has granted us. And if it is that there's anything that has come from where I've made errors and mistakes or made you felt uncomfortable, then I ask you, Maaf, I'm human. I have faults, I have errors. But that is of my weakness and my shortcomings. And I'm human like you and me. Please make dua for me. And beg of Allah to forgive me. And beg of Allah to make me a person who when I die the day, that that must be the best day of my life. And Allah guide me and you and all of us to be able to get back onto the path of Allah. And live that Islam. And be that example that we need to be there for the generations to come, inshallah, in the future. Shukran, jazakumullah khair. Wassallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa barik wa salim. I last but not least ask of you make the final dua. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim wal Asr. Inna al insana lafi husr. Illa alladhina amanu wa amilu salihat. Watawasu bil haqqi watawasu bil sabr. Wassallallahu ala Sayyidina wa maulana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa salim. Subhana rabbik bhanaka Allahumma wa bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen And with that Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen From myself Yasmina Peterson Abid you Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo